Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It is a beautiful Martin Luther King Day this morning, and ha we have joining us Jack Malone, uh, graduate forward. Jack, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me there. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to get right into the questions here. I mean, it says on your uh, your profile there you're from Danville, California. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, I was born in California. Born. Tell me a little bit about, uh, where, where's that? Uh, Danville's a city town, I should say, right outside San Francisco. Um, so, yeah, I was born there. I lived, I lived there for about six years and then family moved um, moved to the East Coast. My family is, like, all originally from the East Coast, but okay. my dad's job brought him out there. So, born there and we lived there for about six years. And so, you played, uh, where did you play uh, Tier 1 hockey in uh, New Jersey? I played for the Jersey Colonials. Okay. Uh, I played one year for the Rockets, but mostly the Colonials. So I started playing in that program when I was about seven years old. So pretty much right after we moved from California to Jersey, started playing hockey. I didn't really I didn't play any hockey when I was in California. Yeah. Uh, okay. I was just going to ask because the hockey scene might not have been so so big, especially in Northern California there. Yeah. No, it wasn't uh, at that point in time. It's obviously, I think, grown since the time that we were there, but... Um, I had, um, other family members too, that are from New York that, um, played hockey when I was growing up. So I think that they had a little bit of an influence on me as well. So, um, yeah, not much hockey in California, but it was obviously bigger on the East coast. So, yeah. And then, uh, your high school hockey, your prep hockey, you played it. Is that Del Barton school? Is that how you say it? Or? Yeah. Del Barton. Del Barton actually has a lot of kids that go to Boston college, just Really? Not not athletes. Okay. Yeah, I had a bunch of buddies that uh, were in my class that went to, to BC that graduated last year. So it was funny how that actually worked out. I didn't end up graduating from Delbarton because I went to play juniors mm -hmm. in Youngstown. Uh, from, I went to Delbarton seventh grade through sophomore year. Then my junior year, I was in Youngstown. So, uh, But yeah, I played two years for uh, high school hockey at Delbarton. Yeah, I heard the crowds that uh, in prep hockey are kind of intense, like there's definitely a step up from maybe juniors or definitely minor hockey. Yeah. Is that true? Or is... I mean, Del Barton's not like you think about prep hockey around Mass. Right. And you've got yeah. like, you know, the big schools around here, like, you know, Dexter. And then you got all the ones that like down in Connecticut, like Avon and stuff like that. So those definitely have bigger cr crowds, like the biggest crowds I'd say in for prep hockey. Del Barton, it wasn't as as big like we'd have like our students section be you know big for some of the big games right but, yeah um and then going to youngstown like some some teams in the ushl had really great crowds youngstown wasn't one of them we had a pretty big rink so mm -hmm. and it wouldn't really get you know too full like and if it was in another rink it would probably look a lot like there was a lot more people there but the fact that we had a big venue and not a lot of people showed up it was kind of kind of felt empty most nights but I really like playing Youngstown, actually, but the fans weren't, weren't, you know, very part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Youngstown, though, like this previous year, um, Jacob Fowler, obviously a Youngstown alum, they they won the the, uh, the Clark Cup there, and um, those fans, they actually packed the house there, like that. That was pretty intense, and they looked like they definitely stepped their stepped their game up. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, like my first year there, um, we made it to the finals and for the playoffs, we got some good crowds and it was awesome. And obviously this past year with fouls there, they, you know, winning it was awesome. Which for, guys play in for the that. finals? We played Fargo as well, oh, Fargo. which is kind of funny, but they beat us that year. And then it's funny how, you know, they ended up beating, beating Fargo this, this past year. Mm -hmm. But 
it was it was cool. The the playoffs we got good crowds, and like I said, like you said too, like they had good crowd there that, uh, this past year. But like the regular season games and stuff, you weren't really getting too many too many fans. Yeah, and then um, speaking of uh, some, another some more stuff about Youngstown. I mean, are you still in touch with any of those uh, alums? Like maybe like Trevor Kuntar played at BC last year. Mark Loff recently made his debut for the. Bruins. Yeah, I, I talked to Cooney actually a decent amount. I okay. I went to my first two years or my two my so I went to Youngstown my junior senior year and then my COVID year my sophomore college sophomore year of college. Right. We didn't play. Went back. So that's the year I played with Merck. But the first two years I was there, Trevor and I yeah. Trevor and I went to high school together. So we uh, we went to in person high school together every day. So we yeah. were pretty tight. And uh, yeah, he's, he was one of my you know, best buddies. We still talk a lot, and, and uh, you know, I was able to actually see him this summer because he's he's in the area. So yeah, so I saw him, and then I actually saw Merck the other day because we were practicing at Warrior, and mm. um, the Bruins were practicing. Yeah. So when he was up there, I don't know if he's still up there playing with them, but the other day when he was was practicing with them, I you know caught him on the bench and said what's up to him. It had been a while, so nice, cool. Yeah. Uh, we'll transition a little bit into I guess. Uh, well, obviously being drafted, you were drafted 180th overall by the Vancouver Canucks. You said you weren't at the draft, but what was that experience like either leading up to it and kind of during and after? What was that like? Yeah, it was cool. It was a cool experience. Um, I, that day, I wasn't really trying to pay too much attention to it, you know, because I didn't really know. I was a guy that was going to be like on the bubble. Right. Um, so I wasn't really sure if I was going to get taken. So I wasn't trying to pay too much attention yeah. to it. Um, and then... Um, yeah, obviously I wasn't actually I wasn't even watching when when I got picked. My dad, I was like up in my room or something. My dad yelled from downstairs, and it was a cool feeling. I the next day or two days later, I went out to Vancouver and uh, went to like the development camp, and um, yeah, it was a it was a cool experience. Cool. Um, I guess now we'll also talk a little bit about uh, Cornell. Obviously, you played at Cornell before BC. Um, for listeners who have heard Anthony and I talk about Cornell before, um, it seems, although the barn slash arena is smaller, it feels like it feels almost tight and compact, at least when you watch games on TV. Is it like that playing there? Is it like, it kind of feels like the fans are on top of you. Yeah, it does. It, it feels a lot like that. And it's really, it's a really cool environment to play. Um, you know, in my opinion, the best yeah. college hockey environment probably um i know we've had some good crowds here this year oh, yeah. <laughs> um but like the history and the yeah. tradition of that rink and the fans too like the the townies was, as we would call them like the one half of the rink that was behind the visitors bench was the townie side and like they were total diehards like the same just like ethical local, local yeah, yeah. Ithaca locals that are from the area and they would come to like literally every game and you'd see the cool. same faces and you start to kind of develop a little bit of a relationship with them and that was kind of the at like the smaller rink part of it yeah. that kind of, that you would you wouldn't really expect was that you kind of built a little bit of a relationship with some of those fans that um, that you might not have expected to and then obviously we had the the student section behind our side yeah um, and we would you know we would sell out most of the games which was really cool that yeah. that was a big reason why I wanted to go there um, you know four years ago now as a freshman yeah. like that was a big selling point for me was that um, they had a really cool environment to play in. Yeah. And, you know, it was definitely tough for teams to, to go in there. Yeah. yeah it might be a, I think I just like in the middle of the forest. Like, <laughs> it's actually, it's a really nice area. It's, it's in the middle of nowhere. Like okay. 
it's um it's right on the finger lakes out yeah. there in like western new york so it's um it's you know not too much going around over there i mean there's like syracuse is like an hour away okay. binghamton um but like the lake that it's on is super nice and like the view that you have of the campus is really nice um ithaca itself the town is, is pretty nice there's another campus across the way um ithaca college yeah. so there's two two colleges in that you know town and um it was uh it was kind of like a a little city of itself like cornell's campus and we had what's called college town which is right next to the campus it's like adjacent to where all the off-campus houses were and okay. awesome. a bunch of little like restaurants and stuff that everybody would hang out at yeah because um ech made a video i don't know if you watched that yeah i did uh, with the, they toured the cornell facilities and uh, yeah there's there's so much like there's so much cool stuff in that locker room too yeah like, that you have all like the trophies stacked up on the top and you got walking down the stairs can you like describe that yeah it's it's cool like it's uh they actually made a bunch of those um what should we call it uh, upgrades like in the past four years like when i was there like all that like oh. those tub rooms and stuff like in the sauna and like some of the other stuff in there like that was new yeah but so it's cool that they have like a aspect of history that they want to yeah. keep like the locker room itself is like old wooden and stuff it's um you know pretty worn down but i think that's kind of like the character aspect that they want to keep and then there's obviously some stuff that like for recruiting purposes i think and just like yeah. to keep up with the times that they want to they want to add so i think that was where like the tubs like the hot and cold tub and the sauna came in and stuff and um that new gym facility at the on ice, the ice level like that we work out at the workout in, like that was new that was just put in this past year um but yeah like going down and it's actually funny you could see like on the part where like the guys like hit their hand or their stick there's like one specific spot that's like super worn down just from every time the guys going down <laughs> that's funny um just hitting the same spot but yeah it's like everywhere you look around there it's you know just it's a kind of like an ode to the tradition and the history of the team trying to keep it going and be a part of it building off of what you're saying about the um actual facilities as like recruitment devices i i'm sure you watched the spit and chicklets episode with will smith talking about the bc locker room um but i think that something i always wonder i guess as a fan is like is i'm sure obviously those upgrades and stuff are used as recruiting tools but hopefully you guys get use out of those like facilities and stuff too i'm sure you do but i just want to know what like the actual practical use of them beyond recruiting was oh big time yeah like we abuse the sauna here like, <laughs> guys are in it all the time uh like tubs guys are in the tubs after every practice before every practice like everything here the shooting room yeah. like, everything gets used like a lot which is good and yeah. they're that's the way they're meant that's obviously meant yeah. to be that yeah. way right so and guys are kind of religious with it like going into the sauna after practice <laughs> and getting like getting it all out of their system and um it's it's definitely nice to have what was you guys' uh, biggest rival? Was it was it Harvard? Uh, yeah, Cornell. Yeah, yeah Harvard. That, so you guys have some like pretty intense battles with those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We um, we actually never we never beat them at home, which was like the, was our biggest game at Cornell. It was really? our home, our home game against Harvard. Right. Yeah. Um, we never beat them when I was there. We tied them my freshman year. We tied them late in the third period, so like the whole building erupted, which is kind of cool. But we never beat them, which kind of sucked they had a good team last year too, they yeah. they had a really good team like every year yeah. that i was there um yeah i think they, they 
I think they might have made the tournament each of the I think three yes, years. That, I think so. Um, so yeah, they were a tough, tough team to play, and they always brought it at our rink. Yeah. And then something I saw um, yesterday was that Morgan Barron, a couple of guys he played with, all the same Walensky recently debuted in the NHL. Walensky um, most recently for the Avs. You have any memories with those guys? No, oh, yeah, like yeah. well, first Morgan, Morgan's uh, kind of made. Like a, he's kind of stapled himself in there with the Jets for the time being, which is right. awesome. Yeah, um, and you know, I, if you ask any of the guys in our team that year, you know, didn't really have much of a doubt that he was going to play in the NHL. He's yeah. just such a beast, and he's a really good player, and you know, solid defensively. He's kind of like a really good two hundred foot player. And then um, Sammy was in my class at Cornell, so you know, we spent a lot of time together. You know, four years. Well, I mean, I guess not the COVID year, um, but. I couldn't, you know, be happier for a guy and a teammate. He was our captain last year. Him and Travis Mitchell were our two captains. And, um, yeah, just, like, the nicest guy and just such a good player, too. Like, just so poised. He plays a lot like Makar, actually. Yeah. Like, I have the guys that ask me, like, that's probably his comparison. He's just so silky with the puck and just makes really, like, solid play. He just, like, kind of takes what's given, which sounds simple, but, like, it's harder than – you know, a lot easier said than done. Yeah. And he just makes solid plays. He doesn't make many mistakes and he's just really good with the puck. Like he can make really, he can see the ice really well and I'm really, really happy for him. Yeah. Um, the next thing we want to talk about, uh, at least briefly was, um, the portal and transfer portal and kind of what that's like, because obviously, especially in terms of grad transfers, that's a recent addition to college hockey and college sports in general. What what is the portal like? What was that process like? And when did you know that you like wanted to play another year? Um, it was like a, I mean, I really didn't know what I was going to do until the end of the year. It was probably like <laughs> you know, literally the last gate the day after our last game yeah. or something. I had a the I was sure of what was going to happen, so I knew I was going to go on the portal. And then probably like a week or two later, I went to the portal over spring break. I think, or I ended up going on a visit to here over spring break. Excuse yeah. Me. Um, but it was like a random Tuesday or whatever it was. And I tried to get in as soon as possible so that, you know, I, I could have as many options as, right. as possible, you know, the earlier, the better. And it was just like, it was pretty crazy that it was just one day pretty much like that everything kind of came in and maybe two days. Wow. And I had a feeling of where it was, you know, where it was offering me and, you know, what I opportunities that I, that I'd have. So I had a good idea of where it would be like that day or the next yeah. day. So you said you were here over spring break. Did you catch the the hockey East tournament game when they played UMass, or were you right before or after that? Because I think that must have been that must have, was that over spring break. I think it was. We yeah, had a really yeah, late was... spring break. Oh, so yeah. our your spring break's different. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't make really, the connection. Yeah, okay. our, our spring yeah, break. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So we we didn't have spring break until like. April. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like it was like the first or second week of April that I came up here, and I had, BC was the only visit that I took. Yeah. There were, you know, three or four other schools that I was like considering, but um, I I only visited BC, and yeah. I talked to the coaches, and I I kind of committed when I when I was here on that visit. So nice. it was it was cool. I had a, I was hoping that BC would would reach out um, because. I always, I always really like, like BC was the first, the last first started playing hockey, like BC was the school I wanted to go to when I was a kid. Mm. I was always a really big fan. I, my dad had buddies that went here. So we come up to like some football games when I was younger. Yeah. Um, always really like Boston and always like 
admire the hockey team and the program, obviously like Johnny Gaudreau and guys when I was younger, yeah. that were, you know, those teams that they have were, were awesome to watch. And so I always really admired the program here and I was really happy and lucky that they ended up reaching out. Erzy reached out to me and oh, nice. so I was talking to him and then I talked to coach Brown for a bit and came up for a visit and then that was it. Cool. Another question is, um, what's it like being a graduate student athlete on campus? Like, what's that like? Because you're the first grad student we've had on the podcast. Um, so we're just kind of like, what's that like? I'm assuming your classes are like later in the day and stuff like that. So I'm just kind of curious what that's like. Yeah, it's um, it, it's a little, it's different. Yeah. I, I, like having been an undergrad yeah. for the past four years, it is different. Having classes at night and everything. Um I try, like, I try to get up relatively early, but, like, we don't have, because all the guys have class during the day, so we don't have anything until, you know, the afternoon, right, like, 3 yeah. o'clock, so if I wanted to, I could sleep until, you know, noon every day, but, I mean, it's probably not the best habit, so I try not to do that, uh, so I'll get up, and, like, I try to go to the rink relatively early, I'll see, like, our trainer, if I got, like, something nagging me, so it's cool that I have that extra yeah. time to go and spend at the rink we have open ice in the morning too which i'll go out for skills and whatever um and then we have practice and then at night at seven o'clock i have class that's when my classes yeah are, which is kind of i don't really like I, if i could if i had to pick or i could pick i would have it earlier in the day obviously so then yeah. after practice i could just go home kind of you know for spending two hours two and a half hours in night class but you know it is what it is so I'm, i mean it's uh it's not the worst thing in the world yeah, yeah. Going to, to that first Providence game uh, this weekend, there were some uh, some former um, players, Austin Maine, Riley Duran, that you had played with in Youngstown. What's it like facing those guys on the opposition? Um, yeah, it's. I mean, the the more you play and uh, the longer you play for, it's like there's always somebody that you know on the other team. Yeah. Right. You know, so there was you know like the guy that I know a lot better. I know those guys decently well because I spent that year playing with them in Youngstown, but Craig Needham, who's a grad student like me on Providence. Oh, yeah. It didn't even, that didn't even he was, yeah. he was, I was there. It's like me, Trevor, and him, like we played together for those two years in Youngstown. Oh, um, wow. So, and he was our captain our second year there. Oh, wow. So, Craigie and that, like we go way back and, you know, he's a super nice guy. And it's, it's just one of those things you know, The the more you play, the smaller, the top, like tip of the pyramid gets, I'd yeah, say, you know yeah. what I mean? So like the, it's a smaller, smaller hockey world, um, the more you play and yeah, everybody knows somebody on, on the other team. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, it's pretty standard, you know, off the ice, it's, you know, good blood on the ice it could be a little bit of bad blood, you know, yeah. it is what it is. You don't have trying to talk too many friends on the ice, but you know, here and there you'll like, you know, throw a joke out or something yeah. and try to make the other guy crack a smile, which is pretty yeah. funny. So, um, yeah, like Riley and Austin and Craig, I know like the, uh, Kifuk I played with oh. and I played against him like in the USHL and stuff. Okay. So like, yeah, like I said, like, you know, like from playing against these guys, yeah. you know, for a long time. Cool. Um, you mentioned, uh, good blood and bad blood. Uh, those province games definitely had some uh, chippiness in them. Uh, we'll just do a brief recap. Um, for those of you who are unable to watch or listen, uh, Providence, uh, at home on Friday was a seven, one victory, uh, slow first period, uh, Yelvik scores one. Um, I think that I obviously, Anthony, I've talked about this a long time, um, uh, for those who've listened for a while that 
Um, Yelvik's had a phenomenal year overall and has just definitely, this is, you know, what I would consider a breakout season. Um, second period was one of the most absolutely insane periods of hockey I've watched in my life. Jack, I don't know if you can like talk about that, but five goals in the span of like, I don't know, six minutes. That was really, that was, that was quite a sight, uh, to see Armstrong, Smith, Leonard, Cutter, and then Will Vogt got that, uh, first one of the season. But uh, yeah, what was what was that period like being on the ice? And you, you had the uh, the assist on Armstrong School, right? Yeah. So that was like, what was that like? Because it was intense just watching it. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's just one of those things. You know, it's not every game that something like that happens. Like a team, but you know, sometimes the way that momentum works in the game, it just it snowballs. You know, like you start to build momentum, and then you know things are clicking, and you know something might not be going right on the other team's end. So that you're trying to take advantage of that. So it was just one of those things. Like it seemed like every time we had a chance, we were scoring and, um, but it wasn't, um, you know, the score could have been a lot different, right. You know, like uh, we got, you know, some good bounces and Leonard's goal was insane. The one that came from the corner. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that one. Yeah. Like two goal, like Lenny's from like the goal line and then Smith's from like below the goal line, basically yeah. like banked it in you know, just kind of lucky bounces, but, you know, you play the right way and, you know, you're going to get those bounces, but, you know, fouls played really well, yeah. you know, in the first period of that game, the first period of both games, like could have got probably a little out of hand. Like he made some really, really good saves in both games to keep us in it. And then, you know, we jumped on him in the second period and then kind of, you know, got away from him. But um, it's just, just one of those things where like it starts to, and then like the confidence goes up and you just like you're building off and building off of it. And um, yeah, but it's, it was pretty, you know, pretty crazy. Like every time it seemed like every time we had a rush, we ended up scoring. Somehow. Yeah. So yeah. Another question I had was um, as someone who's played three years of college hockey now for um, what development have you seen from the all freshman line? Uh, like Will, Gabe and Leonard, even just from like game one versus Quinnipiac. Uh, well, they're definitely like, it's just like, I mean, I think they've been playing together for what, this is their third year playing yeah. together. So, like, they obviously have that chemistry. Um, and you yeah. can see, like, as the year has gone on, they've, like, their confidence has grown. And, you know, it's it's good to see. They're obviously all, they're all really good players, but they're all different players. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they feed really well off of each other. Like, they're skilled in different areas. Um, so, you know, the, when they're put together, they obviously, you know, cover all bases. Um, but yeah, like I've just seen their confidence go up on the ice and, you know, they're making a lot of plays and they're, they've been obviously really good for us. Yeah. Uh, one question I have, um, I don't know how much, like, I'm sure you guys watch tape of other teams and scout to some extent, but, um, going up against a goalie like Svedback and putting up five goals in like half a game was, is really kind of just something insane to watch. And I think that at least from an analyst perspective, I think, Getting someone like Svedback, who's a bigger guy, out of position is pretty much the only way to score on him. But like you mentioned in that game, like Leonard's goal, he wasn't even really out of position. It was kind of just like a lucky bounce. Um, so I was kind of wondering, like, what the preparation looks like. Like, do you as a forward, like, look at opponents' goalies before games and like styles of goaltending? Or is that like kind of just something you feel out as the game goes on? Oh, a little bit. Like you look at we have a little. Um... And we have pre-scout sheets that, um, you know, will cover like different, like their face-off percentages, like each of their centermen and like yeah. where they win their draws and stuff. And then it has a, 
pretty much like a diagram of like a goalie in a net that shows like where right, they've yeah. given up shots and stuff. So I think that's about it, like in terms of pre-scout. And then you just kind of like, I don't know, like so I, I, when you're playing, like you're trying to shoot, shoot a net, right? right. I mean, you're, trying okay. to, you're trying to miss the goalie. So, yeah. and um, that's like, that's it. We, we pre-scout a lot in terms of like their other team systems and how they're going to play and their habits and stuff. And, um, special teams and all that, yeah. but um, unless there's something like out of the ordinary with a goalie, it's not something that we really cover as a team. It's mm-hmm. more something that guys might do like individually, and then we have those little sheets of paper. Um, but yeah, it's mostly just the pre scouts, mostly just like team based. Cool. Um, and yeah, in that third period, Gamash nets one for uh, Providence, and then Will Smith scores again. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll move on to. Uh, Providence on Saturday, which was a really back and forth game. I guess before I actually get into the uh, logistics of what actually happened, um, what's that? What's Schneider Arena like? I've actually never uh, been there for a game, and it, it kind of seems like a small arena, and it kind of like scoops up like a bowl. It's just all one big lower bowl. Um, but I will say the energy, at least from the television perspective, didn't seem crazy from the crowd. I don't know what you noticed about anything about that. It was a, it's a nice rink. It's yeah. a cool rink. It's pretty, like, it is small. Yeah. Um, so it feels a bit louder. I mean, I was talking to my dad. My dad was up there. He said it's the best rink he's been at to watch a game. Oh, really? Okay. Because um, it's super bright in there, and there's really no, like, blind spots. You can see the whole ice. Yeah. So I'm sure from, like, a perspective or from, like, a, um, a viewer's yeah. view, like, it's, it's pretty good. But it's really, it's a really small rink. Like, the rink itself feels like the neutral zone is super small. The corners are super shallow. If you don't have much time on breakouts, like the defense would have to make really quick passes, you know, the first pass up to the winger or whatever it's going to be um, because it's just so tight and everyone gets on you so fast. Um, and that's something that people might not realize is that the dimensions of a rink are like 200 by 85, but like within that 200 by 85, it's can vary depending on what rink you're at. Um, so this was, that ranks a very, it feels super small. It feels super yeah. narrow. It feels like, you know, you have very, very little time to make a play with the puck. Um, and also the way that they play didn't help that at all because they're a very physical team. They're fast. You know, right. They back check super hard, all those things. So um, we had to make our plays really fast. Yeah, I was noticing, like you said, <laughs> the dimensions can vary. Like at Conti, it seems like there's a lot more space down low. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's just rank by rank. Like, it's weird. It's pretty standard. Like, I think Conti's pretty standard rank, but like that was, you could just tell like going out there, like skating out, you're like, this is not a normal rank. Like this, okay. there's something about this that feels a lot smaller. Um, but yeah, it's like something that people might not really yeah. pick up is that, you know, not every rank is actually exactly the same. Yeah. Um, getting into the recap a little bit, uh, Yelvik scores again uh, in the first, kind of really a chippy game right off um, right off the rip, I think that at least um, I'm not sure how much uh, BC Hockey watched last year, probably very little. But um, last year we almost always seemed to end games in a fight, and I don't I don't know if that was just a consequence of not being good. Um, but I think that that definitely has changed this year. I think obviously this like chippy play, but I think that the discipline of the guys on the team is definitely something like noticeable from. Um, you know, being in the stands and especially like uh, being in the radio broadcast booth, like you can see 
the composure to not do anything stupid. And I think that I'm just like curious, is that something like coach Brown's very like instilled in you guys? Like don't do anything stupid or only stick up for like Fowler when it's like appropriate. Yeah. I, no, I don't think it's something that like he's mentioned very much of. I, like he'll say if something, someone does something stupid, like they say, someone takes a stupid penalty or like being, they get frustrated and they like take a stupid slide yeah. penalty, whatever. <clears throat> then obviously he'll mention something, but that's not something that he'll really harp on. We just know, you know, and yeah. just don't really take stupid penalties. And I think it has to do with like the fact that maybe last year, like guys were a lot more frustrated with how things were going. Right. So they yeah. might like do something, but you know, with the way that things are going this year, like, you know, guys are playing well, we're winning a lot of games. And um, I think that you just know as a hockey player, like when it's the right time to take a penalty, like yeah. obviously there are dumb penalties, like second fractions that people take. Yeah. But like in terms of getting into somebody's face, it's like, you should just know yeah. when it's the right time to do it. Like it's, you shouldn't really do it when you're going to be the only one that's going to go. Like if you're sure that the other guy got a penalty, right. Then maybe if it's, you know, warranted, you jump in and do something, then, then maybe you get taken too. But that, the, and then those are the types of penalties that like you're going to kill off. You know what I mean? Right. Like those hardworking penalties where, you know, it is what it is. You try to go finish a hit and then whatever to, you get, you get a penalty. Those are the penalties that, you know, you'll kill off. Yeah. The kill has been insane this year. And that's just another thing to note that like, I, I think that, at least I've never noticed in my time of watching hockey, the amount of, like, obviously you generate energy on a kill, but I think this year, really, the productivity after the penalty kill is is phenomenal. I think so far this year, it's like 63 for 68 or something like that, which is just insane numbers. But um, yeah, beyond that, the second, uh, Providence scores one of the power play, Smith answers, and then the third, uh, Providence gets one, ties it, Gabe gets one makes it 3-2, and then Providence gets two more really quick ones. Uh, it kind of steals that game in the last moments. Um, I was just wondering what's the um, kind of transition between those two games on Friday and Saturday going from, you know, demolishing that team 7-1 to having a kind of back-and-forth game. Is that um, something that, like, I mean, is noticeable in terms of, like, energy on the team, or is it – understood that even the best teams in the country are going to lose a game once in a while. Well, obviously, like, you know, nothing's guaranteed. Right. We know we're not going to win every, like, we want to win every game, but we know that, like, you know, we know we're going to lose some games. And, you know, like, on, on Saturday, we didn't, I don't think, really deserve to win that game. Yeah. Um, and we knew, like, even we knew that they were going to come back and, like, with a chip on their shoulder, like, we got, right. you know, beaten 7-1 yesterday. Like, we're going to come out and we're going to, you know, play these guys way harder than we did last night, make it way tougher on them. And, you know, we just didn't really answer, like, the bell. Um, and, you know, I think we could, we, you know, learn from that moving yeah. forward. Um, but, you know, we kind of came in the locker room after they get, after that game, and we knew that, like, we weren't, like, we didn't deserve to win that game because of this, the way we played. And they just kind of imposed their will on us and didn't have enough response to, to the way they were playing and were kind of shying away from, from hits and things like that, not getting, you know, not doing like the little details that, you know, are kind of should be non-negotiables, you know what I mean? Like so the things that are the standard, we just weren't really doing and got taken advantage of. And we knew they were a really good team, even on right. on Friday. Like, I don't think their goalie had a really, got a, had a very good game on Friday. And we knew that he was going to bounce back right. and play well, which he did on Saturday. Um and we just didn't really come prepared for that. Yeah, now we're going to move into a section, the best part probably of this podcast <laughs> here, the, the, the call-out section. 
Starting off, who's got the best hot mic on the team? The best hot mic? Oh, God. I, I, um, the best hot mic? Probably Hirsch. He just is, like, always saying something. He's always got yeah. something to say. Like, Colby said the same thing. <laughs> yeah, like, he, like, anything someone says to him, like, he's got, a, like, he's got something, like, in the bank ready to go. So, probably Hirsch. Who has the best flow on the team, other than yourself, obviously? Um, let's see. Pal? Eamon? All right. <laughs> what about the best nickname? Um, I know. Did someone say Army? Did someone say Bar? So, Ambrose said Bar. Did Ambrose say Bar? Yeah. Okay, I'll say... Um, I like Voter. Like, Voter. I think Voter. it's yeah. a cool, like, last name. It's just kind of like... it's an obvious one just add the r but yeah. i like voter <laughs> yeah I, I i think that the one that always sticks out to me is how casually uh hirsch is is freddie i think that that's such a strange thing I to me freddie. i don't know where that came from colby like, said he invented it but like it doesn't seem like when i've talked to other guys it doesn't seem like it's a super popular thing but like colby thinks it is so it's funny no, but... yeah amber will like call him <laughs> fred and like some of the other guys like in the uh in their room because they have a bunch of oh, yeah, yeah. six of those guys that do teams that live together, so some of them call him Fred. <laughs> I don't think anybody else has called him Fred, though. Uh, who's the best golfer? Um, Leonard is really good. Oh, really? Um, Leonard's really good. Um, I play with Paws. Paws me, he's good. Um, and Traeger's pretty good, too. I actually, the four of us, uh, are, and no, it wasn't, um, it wasn't Leonard, but um, I played with Traegs and Paws at the beginning of the year, and they're both pretty good. Who has the weirdest pregame routine that you've seen? <laughs> um, I don't know. Gasser um, does a like a Wim Hof breathing thing, like really, yeah, like <laughs> Wim Hof. Explain, is, yeah. Wim Hof is like a guy. Um, I'm not even sure. Like I don't even know what he is, but he's like survived like these crazy circumstances, like climbed Everest, like with oh, wow. like a t-shirt on, and like can like endure super super cold temperatures and. <laughs> and like goes and like submerges his body in like ice water for insane periods of time, and he's like totally fine. And it's all based on this breathing te- technique that he invented. And you could look it up; like it's a, like a lot of people use it, and I think it's it obviously must work. And so Gasser does this thing where he like lays down and on his back, and he just like does these breathing <laughs> patterns. And that's probably, I mean. I'm not against it, like, but it's just the most like different one, I think. All the guys are kind of standard, like their routines and everything, and right. nothing really that out of the ordinary, except like I haven't seen anybody do what, what Gasser does. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, what? Uh, who makes you laugh the most on the team? Uh, uh, probably Joyce or Shammy. I think those yeah, guys yeah. are super funny. Uh, <laughs> and then Ambro called you out on this last time, actually. He was leaving before the build comes. Who's leaving? Oh, he told me about that. He actually apologized. He's like, <laughs> I couldn't think of anybody, and I just like yeah. said you. Um, I don't. Uh, oh, you know what? Ford, Fortescue. <laughs> really? Yeah, because something happened recently where he left and didn't. Pay. I mean, he just he did exactly what you just what you just said. So that's an easy. We'll thing. have to get him on here. I mean, he's got to <clears throat> respond to these allegations. Right? Yeah, I I, think, I don't know if he's got much to say for himself, but you know, it was you know it was right there, and you know. Right there in the light, so probably for it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the most active in the group chat? Um, I think Joycey and Hirsch, probably Hirsch again. Like yeah. Hirsch is always like, like I said, he's always saying something, so he's always texting. Um, I think 
Arami has um, some good touches in there. And, um, yeah, like, Powell's is in there. Ambro, Ambro too. Ambro is, yeah. like, always, always sending texts out and stuff and, like, cracking jokes. So, it's like, some of those guys, I'd say, are pretty popular in there. Does anybody still talk about, like, their junior career or not? Um, I don't – no one comes to mind when I when you ask that. Um, okay. Like, we talk about – like, everybody talks about it, like, at some point or another. Yeah. You know, just kind of, like, reminiscing, and you know, the glory days of juniors. <laughs> Um, if you could pick a goal song, what would your goal song be? Uh, I, I like, uh, I like Chelsea Dagger, like the, the Blackhawks oh. goal song. Right. It's just like the, I think it's the best goal song, like cool. in the NHL. Um, so I think I like that one. A favorite goal that you scored this year, in years past? Um, I don't know. Like, I like, I like the gritty ones probably. Yeah. Just like net front or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> tips in front, something like that. Yeah. Um, favorite opponent jersey. Don't say BU. Anything but BU. Or you can say even like any opponents at Cornell too. What? Who's your favorite opponent's jersey? The best jersey. Um, I uh, I like Yale's. Oh, Yale's yeah. is pretty cool. Just like I just like standard, simple, like yeah. simple jerseys. Yale's is pretty nice with like that dark blue. Um, and then I mean. I honestly, I like Providence's jerseys, like the black and gray. Those are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But I, I obviously got to, got to see some more teams here. Yeah, like only be able to play probably half the half our schedule, right? So right. I got a lot of teams to play and check out some of their Jays too. Man, favorite NHL team growing up? Maybe it's changed. Uh, I always like the Penguins, just because Crosby's always always my favorite player. So I was always a Penguins fan. We had Devils tickets growing up. Oh, cool. Um, so we would go watch a lot of Devils games too. Um, but I always like secretly rooted for the Penguins, and it's probably still I'd probably still say the same thing. I still like the Penguins. I think now that I'm older, it's I just enjoy watching good hockey. Yeah. There's not like one team I'm really yeah. specifically yeah. rooting for, but if the Penguins Penguins do well, I, I'm happy. So, who's one player that you would want to go back in time and play with? If you could, like, uh, like an NHLer, anyone, I, NHLer, or just if someone you used to play with, you want to play with them again, anyone. Um, <laughs> I just watched a video with Jeremy Roenick. Um, Jr. Yeah, Jr. He's you know, a tough guy. I think he'd be fun to play with. <laughs> yeah, you know, protector. What about a teammate skill that you would want for your own game? I mean, Gabe's vision. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> like he's got, what, 27, 28 assists? Yeah, something he, like that. yeah he just sees the ice so well. It's like, yeah. you know, he, he just sees guys, like, basically out of the back of his head. So, yeah, just I think that's pretty I, – I bet some of the guys have said that before. Like, Amber might have said yeah. that, but I don't know. That's probably – to me, that's an obvious one. If you could have a career other than hockey, what would it be? Um – that's a good question. I never really thought about. I mean, I think an obvious one's like going to, like, for me, because of what I'm studying business. Yeah. But like yeah. a more interesting one than that. Um. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I. You know what I like to do? Actually, my mom um, works at a. Um, at. A, it's like an institution or daycare for special needs students. And they're actually, well, she actually just stopped working there because we moved, but for a couple of years she was working there and it was, they're uh, 18 and older. So it's, yeah. they're all adults and um, she would go and like, she'd have class with these people and, you know, walk them through the day and, you know, they cook things and whatever. And I would go when I was home 
and um, and spend some some days with them. And I always really enjoy doing stuff like that. So probably some something in that field because yeah. I think it's something that's very rewarding to do and it makes you feel good about yourself and then but you know you're obviously doing something good for for those people yeah, and their families yeah. we have a we have a pretty big best buddies chapter here at bc which is uh similar thing you're always welcome to come on to the best buddies meetings it's uh it's a good time and it's like it's definitely you know fun so, yeah 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 it's, it's good stuff what about the first time that you were like damn that guy's good about like damn that guy's good about like an opponent right? yeah i saw that question i i um I the two years that I was in the USHL with like Trevor and and, and um, yeah Craig those other guys but that was the same year same two years that like Hughes and Zegers yeah, yeah, yeah. and like and Caulfield <laughs> oh, yeah. and guy and all those guys were on the national team mm-hmm. and so like when I played those guys I was like these guys are good like really good like <laughs> so like yeah. that was the first time and like jumping from like before that it was all like high school yeah and yeah. like a little bit of club and like obviously club hockey growing up in jersey but that was when i really started to see some was exposed to more you know talent outside yeah. of my age group and stuff and they were really good and then kind of on the other side of that <laughs> what's the first time you said that you knew you like belonged with the competition or like had a like big moment where i think um when I got like drafted to the, in the USHL, mm. um, and I went to the camp there, and I had a, like a talk with the GM of the Phantoms, and he said that you know you can come here and play here the next year, which was my junior year, mm. um, was kind of like a, I think to, for me it was a sign of like you know I can I can play and I could play top like level hockey so. Um, you know, but I think it's different for everybody in terms of like when they feel like they belong or they have, you know, get that confidence to, to play. Yeah. Um, so that was the quick fire call out section. Uh, now I just want to ask you a couple quick wrapping up questions. Uh, obviously, Bean Pod is coming up soon. Before that, we have the BU games. Uh, I'm sh- sure you're excited to play in your first Bean Pod. Is that something the guys have kind of talked to you about and you're looking forward to? Yeah, they've just been saying, like, it's like nothing you've ever experienced before, and I I don't feel like they're exaggerating at all. Um, we, I'd never been to TD Garden until last week. We went as a team, oh, which cool. is pretty cool. We, like, went, they were playing the Penguins, um, and I, that's the first time I was in there, so it's a really cool rink. It's a cool atmosphere. It feels like it's going to be, it feels like it's packed. Like, it was crowded the night we went, but from what I understand, it's like sold out when we, when we play there, especially the fact that we're playing BU. Yeah. Student tickets are already gone. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I'm sure it's going to be pretty, pretty awesome. And the way that the guys are talking about it and, and the hype that they're, you know, making it live up to, I'm sure it's going to meet it. Yeah. And speaking of uh, smaller rinks, like we're mentioning, you guys got Merrimack next weekend, first game Friday at Lawler. Those fans are going to be when we were there last time, they're just right on top of the ice. It's more like a minor level hockey rink. It's kind of cool, but um, you guys got them. Anything you have to excited about that Merrimack or? Um, no, just that. Um, I actually played. I played in Merrimack's rink. When I was oh, you did, there. yeah. Um, like when I was at Del Barton, we would come up here and we would play oh, around cool. Christmas time. We'd play like uh, we played Catholic Memorial one year, Malden Catholic. Um, we played like. Bishop Henrik, I think they're from down to Rhode Island. But, yeah. Um, we played a couple different teams from around here, and we played at Merrimack, so I know that rink, and I know it's like, a, like you said, it's like a smaller, it's so tiny. smaller like, 
not a youth hockey rink, but it's like, you know, it's like the bleachers. Is the bleachers there? Like, yeah, like sort of. They're like this like bleacher <clears throat> combination thing. Yeah, yeah. So I just know it's like a smaller rink, but you know, from what I understand, Merrimack's a team that is kind of like Providence and that they bring it like every game and they're yeah, hard to play they're against. They're a team. They're really old. That's Merrimack's thing is that they're like the average team age is like over 22. They're a very old team. So. Yeah. So, I mean, we, I mean, obviously we kind of got a little bit of um, a kick in the ass this past weekend. So, yeah. um, you know, hopefully we can learn from that and go in and know that we're playing a similar type team in terms of the type, the way that they're going to play yeah. and the grittiness and everything. So we'll be ready to go. My name is Jack. It was a pleasure having you on today. That should do it for our episode. Until next time, everybody, take care.